Gray Fox. Praise games. Kept you waiting, huh? We are back. Yes, we have decided to keep this show going. More importantly, welcome to Grey Fox Play Games, the video games podcast for people who know that New Donk City is a damn good time. And join me on the pod today, I've got my man, Michael Carden Edwards, aka Michaelness. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very well, thank you, Mr. Flint. How are you doing? I'm doing damn good. See, I said damn as opposed to f- because we are doing our nice bleeper thing that comes in and producer moles is already thinking oh that's going to be some work there already but let's bring him in come on mike mr moles how you doing sir i'm not too bad thank you very much how's the engine room today it's good the it's really good i'm going to get some sort of soundboard so i can bleep you real time for comical genius (laughs) it's It's in the world dingo in the baby (laughs) yeah uh, all of that stuff it's coming Uh, uh, it feels like a minute since we've last been on a pod because we recorded the pilot in the first episode uh obviously up in christmas and build up we're now in january huzzah um we've been doing over the christmas holiday mr michael so I, I um obviously I was in Spain for Christmas. That's where I live now. And uh, going back to the UK is not something I particularly fancy doing at all, quite frankly. Um, so I I went to uh, down into Sevilla uh, with my girlfriend. That's where our family live. And I took my switch with me uh, mm. for downtime purposes. And uh, over the Christmas break, I I I dived back into Dragon Quest Eleven. Um. I can't say enough good things about that game. It's currently on sale on the Nintendo eShop. If you have even a passing interest in RPGs of any kind, give it a go. It's essentially a masterpiece. Um, Other than that, uh, I was also playing, of course, the game of the year. Hades. Nah, sound sound choice, my friend. I I uh, I've decided because I during the last PlayStation uh, sale, I was like, okay. Now's the time to stock up, people, right? We all know none of us got a PS5 yet because we we weren't fortunate enough to get the the pre-orders, and we don't. Although we we start working this, we're not we're not good enough to get stuff sent to us just yet. Although Sony, how you doing, boys? Um, we I purchased as many PlayStation games which have that PS4 PS5 upgrade coming, and one of them was Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. I absolutely adore the franchise. It's just. Uh, for, for what it's worth, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one of my games of the last generation, but I'm sure we'll have a feature about that sort of thing another time. And uh, I've been desperately waiting, sitting there patiently, like Lenny crossing his hands on a Simpsons GIF, just going, when I get my PS5, Valhalla, that's the first sucker I'm going to play. I gave in, I started playing on the PS4. And brother, I am so happy I did. The, half the reason why I love these games is because they're good podcasting games, as in you can just put it on, and you can have your laptop open, have your favorite podcast going on, and you can just go explore. Now, I'm not saying this does this as well as Breath of the Wild, but what Breath of the Wild does amazingly is go explore. You've got no real, you can have purposes and you can follow the quest if you want to, but on your way to the quest, you go, oh, what's that over there? I'm going to have a little poke over there. Actually, there's an incentive for you to want to explore more because you want to explore up more of the map. You want to go climb up that mountain, you want to go see what that thing is. Over the last couple of Assassin's Creed games, they've obviously been heavily inspired by this because you can climb up everywhere similar to what you can in Breath of the Wild and you can go explore that. And it's definitely got that vibe into it. Now, I've been wanting to play this game for a little bit, but I've been put off it for two reasons. One is they're doing the whole Nordic thing. And it's like, you know, it's, it's been kind of done to death, but not just done to death, done really well. 
because you got you what you got Skyrim. Well, you got obviously God of War. God of went War, down. yeah, yeah, and not to mention the abundance of like RP. A lot of RPGs have gone down that route recently as well because Vikings and point and clicks and that sort of stuff. So, my point is that when I first heard they were going to go down the whole Viking Nordic route, I was like, why? Like it's been there. The whole cool thing about Assassin's Creed is you get to go be a pirate in a really cool Mediterranean thing, or you go get to go be in Ren- uh, Renaissance Italy. You know, things that you might not have done in video games before, this is the opportunity to. So what has this done any differently? Well, let me tell you, my friend. Vikings gonna Viking. Pillage. That's what we do. Moles, I know I know producer Moles would love this. It's just a village simulation of pillaging. That's what we do. You're basically just going from village to village. Plundering and pillaging your way along, eh? Exactly, exactly. And it's got some really cool mini games. I, I, I feel like this is a review now of Valhalla. It's not meant to be. So I've been playing a lot into it. I've sunk about 15 hours so far. Uh, I'm playing on a base PS4. I will be honest, it is a little bit buggy, um, specifically when you go to fast travel. But the thing is, though, I'm not really a fast travel kind of guy. Like, especially like games like Red Dead, games like, like the previous Assassin's Creed games. Like, I like, I like the journey. I like the, I'm also, I'm a grinder. So I like to, not to be mistaken with any dating apps, I like to go from place to place and just, you know what, I'm going to spend tonight just going from this part of the map to the other part of the map and leveling myself up to go along. So I've been playing the hell out of that and loving it. Can I ask you a question about yeah. uh, this Assassin's Creed Valhalla game that you have been talking about now for a few minutes? <laughs> I, am no, I am no Assassin's Creed fan. Um, I enjoyed, uh, I think number two I thought was quite good. Um, with Ezio Auditore. That, exactly. You know, that's quite nice. Um, I find the future stuff, you know, the stuff that's in kind of present oh, yeah, day, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I find point. that an absolute giant waste of time. And yeah. the fact that everything seems to be anchored towards that, as that's kind of the thing that goes through all of the games, I'm not going to lie to you, dude, it completely turns me off. I have no interest whatsoever. Also, yeah. the... Uh, the, the the Witcher tested my patience with the let's open my map and holy, I'm going to swear, Moles, so get, re- get that swear button ready. Holy f- look at all these icons on my bloody map. Yeah. Val- the Assassin's Creed games, like, you know, is it Ubisoft, isn't it? That's, yeah, their yeah. Gimmick, right? That's their gimmick. Here are a million freaking markers. Here is your HUD, which is just full of stuff. Go and do some of that stuff. And whether that stuff is actually useful or not, who knows? In fact, the majority of it is not useful whatsoever. Um, I, for me, it's drowning for drowning's sake, and it's just stuff for stuff's sake. And it's the, it all feels. I played a little bit of um, Odyssey uh, a little while ago when they had the beta out for some reason. They, they had you the, and me are so chalk and cheeses. I'm like, dude, you've got to play it. It's so good. It's the best looking game on this generation, and it's amazing. And you just come back with. Not for me, bruv. <laughs> no, I found the combat janky as anything. I found the the movement I just felt was just bizarre. I just, I hated every single second of it that I had with it. Um, I, I plugged a few hours into it and I was like, nope, this is the opposite of anything I like about video games. Not for me, dude. <laughs> Not for me. And like Valhalla, look, I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, when, when I do get a PlayStation 5, uh, in the year 2027 if it's on sale then maybe unless sony listens to this eh? hey sony well yeah but like you know i mean like maybe if it's on sale in a couple of years time i may go you know what let's go and see what that was all about but quite frankly the reviews i've read is very much in the case of if you didn't like odyssey and the other ones you ain't gonna like this one bruv so yeah kind of i'm looking at going you know i'm out 
I've got too much. I have so much limited spare time to spend on video games these days as it is that spending that time on something that I already hate is probably not a good idea. Yeah, this is not going to be the game that turns you on to Assassin's Creed. Let's just put it that way. It is more of the same. It's very much the same engine in terms of the graphical film fidelity. However, they have gone more on the RPG uh, route in terms of thinking more about uh, more stats, more customizations, I, all that good stuff. Sorry to interrupt. Am I Am I right in saying that you don't know what you're unlocking when you unlock it? That yeah. it's all a little bit well, of a mystery? It's, it, right, it, I'm gonna, it, I'm, again, get that yeah. swear button ready, Mr. Moles. <laughs> that, right? The half the joy of RPGs is figuring out what you're going to do, where you're going to go. Once you play it for a bit and you're like, you know what? I really like using this. I really like this. This build seems like it might be fun. Oh, that unlocks in so, so many levels. I'm going to aim towards that. I love that. I love theory crafting. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Around. Sorry. You got me wrong. You, you, you do have that. There is a skill tree and you can see what is in the skill tree and you can plot where you go to build up. But when it comes to uh, like loot crates or rewards for certain things, that's a bit of a mystery, although you can understand or find out clues. By well, it's kind of like, they're, they're chests, right? And uh, essentially, you can find in the world books, letters, and stuff like that that give you. He's just shaking his fist. Damn you, loot crates! Um, I feel like we've spent far too long on the first show of 2021 talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. If I'm honest, well, with you. there we go. That was the review of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. There we go. Thank, thank you, a, thank you, thank you. Bit of a bit of a leaky start there, but. We're back on. Let's talk about some leaks. So over social media over the last week or so on the Twitters, there has been, I think it started live on Reddit, actually, someone posting up a picture of what appears to be a Nintendo Direct upcoming uh, running order for announcements. Now, this has caused a lot of debate across social media, a lot of people talking about what they'd like to see, what they haven't got like seeing. It's not an official document, we should say. No one has come out since has denied it, but judging by some of the stuff on this, I think there's a bit of bullshit, actually. But it's still good to talk. So, Michael Carlin Edwards, I'm going to start with you, pal, and then bring in producer Moles on this. I know you are a Switch man. You are our Switch fella. This concept of a Switch Pro, what's, what's it, how, what, what, where's it got you? Where's it got you feeling? I need it, man. I need it. I've had the Switch now for <clears throat> a good few years. I bought it on basically release date. Um and I need it. My Y one is 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 a bit slow. It's a bit a bit buggy these days. Um, it's seen better days for sure. And now I, I look at video games unless they are optimized precisely for the Switch, um, they're not. They don't run great. I mean, even games like um, Z- Link's Awakening, you know, that frame rate is a little bit choppy. You, you, I, I've been trying to play. I, I quite like playing Civilization games, right? I'm, I like playing those games. I've tried to play Civilization VI for the Switch a million times, and dude, man, life is janky. It's so janky. I, I, I need going from my PC to that. It's like, bruh, oh my days. Um, I just, I need, I need it to be more of a step up than it is right now. I need, I need things to be a little bit more responsive. Like go, navigating the eShop, you must know this pain, Flynn. Oh my navigating god, navigating the eShop is a <laughs> you know, oh my god, it's just, it's, 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 it's soul destroying and. I, I'm ready for an upgrade. I don't need it to be 4K. I don't need that, uh, to be honest with you. I don't need that level of bells and whistles. But what I do need is to ensure that every single game I play for it is optimized and, and able to be optimized so that it's smooth. It doesn't jank out. If I buy, if I if I spend fifty pounds on uh, Hyrule Warriors: uh, Age of Calamity, which I really want to do, I want to know that it runs well the entire time. And that's something yeah. that it doesn't do right now. Hence why I haven't parted with my, with my money for it, you know? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, for me, 
I, I really want it. By the by the looks of the leak, Doc Pro, Joy-Con Pro, you know, there's a lot of things there that say Pro. Um, <laughs> Faster, I'm better, bit, stronger. You know what I mean? Uh, Bluetooth audio support would be incredibly welcome. Uh, I'm but tired. do you think that'll take the battery? Uh, yeah, most likely. Uh, most likely. Um, then again, they, they did do a mid-update, didn't they? So I think like two years ago, they updated mm. the Switch to have a better battery. So we've already got a better battery in the thing already. So maybe it does handle Bluetooth support better anyway, or it could do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm intrigued. Um, it's something that if they do announce it, I would potentially buy it before I bought a PS5 if if, if I had the choice, just because I use Bold it more statement. often. I use my Switch more often than I use my PS5. I don't get too mm. much time to sit down and go, you know what? I'm going to play a giant video game now. Um, and the portability, the portability is has kind of ruined me a little bit. I like just being able to go, you know what? Girlfriend's watching something on TV. I'm going to bust out the Switch. Yeah. You know, very uh, convenient. convenient. It's the convenience, that thing. Love it. Let's talk cool. about the the potential first-party games that uh, this, this supposed leak has on there. Now, I, I could believe the Switch Pro stuff, although I still don't believe that 4K gaming is on Nintendo's agenda to be, that's the next innovation they're going for. They've never been about the fidelity part it's been about the gameplay part we think like uh, what's the cardboard thing they invented libo stuff like that you can see they're more on the getting people involved rather than just how many how the quality of the of the the screen that you're going to see but they, uh, they, you know. they, they, they don't, i don't think they ever really want themselves being an arms race with microsoft and sony exactly that's not that's not the, the the purpose of it you know and the fact is nintendo will always have their niche they'll always have their audience the nintendo audience which are incredibly loyal fans so they don't need they don't necessarily need to go after the the call of duty players or the fifa players you know that's not really yeah. something they need to do not the digital foundry guys <laughs> sitting there you know looking at the the, the fidelity of it that, although it's great if it, they can keep to a good standard but it's about the it is about the the experience you get from those first party games and this is where i looked at this list and my first resp- reply was boo because on this list, there's uh, a Nintendo World Park Tour game, which, okay, fair enough. Get it, whatever. Uh, Mario Kart 9. Isn't this the year of Mario's 35th birthday? And I've already announced all the Mario games they're doing. Um, but anyway, this might be a surprise. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey 2. Well, we, we have to remember, sorry, we have to remember that Mario Kart 8 was a Wii U title. That is true. And it has it's been a number of years. A, a, a brand new Mario Kart game that's 100% built for the Switch, but, you know? That is true, but then again, Smash Brothers has been around for... A, I know that is our actual Switch game, but that's been around for a very long time, but they've still added life to the old dog by amazing DLCs. I think Mario Kart 8, for what it's worth, is pretty much damn perfect as a Mario Kart game can go, right? So why don't I just add, add just do a couple of DLC packs? For that? I'll spend 50 bucks on a, another DLC for Mario Kart if it gives me a few tracks and some extra bits, customized bits for my carts and maybe some characters, like... Go down that it route. Depends if the, it depends if the um, the games platform can cope with that level of change. You know what I mean? Without yeah. a ridiculous patch. You know? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of change that would need to be made to be able to fit those things in. Okay, so that's within the realms of possibility. But I just but don't what think... it's worth, yeah, Mario Kart 9, I could see. I could also... There's a part of me that goes Splatoon 3. Yeah, man, I could see that. Especially considering they have all but dropped kind of the Splatfest and stuff like that for Splatoon 2. Um, they mm. still do the occasional one, you know, Ketchup Mayo and stuff like that. Um, Splatoon's a huge, huge franchise for N- Nintendo, and it's an incredibly fun franchise for Nintendo. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they said they um, – didn't, didn't uh, is it Bowser said that they are basically halfway through now the Switch's life cycle. 
Yeah. Uh, that's what he said. He's come out and said, like, we're halfway through now. So I, I would expect to see another Splatoon game for sure because they're quite easy to, to get to get out. Um, Odyssey 2, I think you're having an absolute draft with that one, if I'm honest with you. I don't think that's true whatsoever. Am um, I right in thinking it's the same? It's one team, right, that do the original stuff within Mario. It's not like you have a Mario Kart team and an Odyssey team and then a I'm working on the remake of Mario Kart 64 remaster or whatever. Like, it's always the same guys. So I, 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 I think it is set up like that. But someone listening, please correct us if we're wrong on that. I think they just don't have the capacity to do all this at the same time. Two games there, Fire Emblem Echoes, Path of Radiance. Uh, for what it's worth, Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, one of my sleeper games of, when did it come out? 2019. That game was dope. I love that game beyond belief. Genuinely one of the best Switch titles there is. However, again, it runs janky as sometimes, which annoys mm. the crap out of me. Um, I would love to see another Fire Emblem game. Uh, Metroid Resurgence. We haven't seen a Metroid game on the Switch. Uh, I can see that happening as well. Um, the big thing for me is, as you say, there's a lot going on here. I could I could buy some of this. What I cannot buy is when you scroll down on that leak and you go to third party software yeah. and you start uh, seeing let's talk about Assassin's like, Creed Valhalla, Mike. <laughs> then you think well this is it. You start seeing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, Far Cry six, like what? And they're talking about only available natively on the Switch Pro. You'd get the cloud version, you know, like they did with control if it's yeah. on the base Nintendo Switch. Like I'd have to see how good the Switch Pro is before I'm saying, yeah, bruv, you can port Valhalla onto that thing. Like, yeah, I mean, it's breaking it's breaking current-gen consoles, and I'm not I mean, suggesting... I what's next? Yeah. Cyberpunk, you know what I mean? I don't think so. <laughs> and then later on down there, look, I can absolutely see a bunch of Capcom games, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 remakes. I know the pair of you would enjoy that a great deal, No, uh, I don't doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, Devil May Cry 5, I mean... That's a pretty demanding game. Uh, yeah, that this is where, engine. Right, the last three is where I'm like, not a Scooby mate, right? Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> what? How funny would it be if Rockstar go, we're holding a press conference, folks, uh, tonight, and if, the, the internet goes, it's like, that. yes, GTA 6, GTA 6. It's a whole global event, and they're just like, Grand Theft Auto Five on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Basically, Grand Theft Auto V is essentially Skyrim. It'll never die. It'll be there forever. It'll be on my phone in a couple of years' time. Just, oh my lord. Um, and then you've got Call of Duty, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, again, I could see it, but I'm also th- sitting there and thinking, look, there's a lot. There's a lot to do here, and that Switch Pro must be amazing. For what it's worth, then you go down even further, and all of a sudden I'm seeing things like Fallout 3 New Vegas, Near Replicant, awesome. Like, obviously, we know Hollow Knight Silk Song's coming out, Borderlands 3, Monster Hunter games. You've got where's, all where's kinds of Hitman things. Hitman 3, Jesus Christ. Also, where's Breath of the Wild uh, sequel on this? Um, yeah, good, 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 good shout. Who knows? Like, that's the game that everyone wants. If you're doing a Nintendo Direct and you're talking about first-party software to begin with, and you know we know the event is coming, this event will happen. Surely your big shebang, your you know maybe they'll do the whole Steve Jobs. Oh, one last thing before you go, like they've done with the last reveal. Like we're all itching to to hear that. So look, if you're gonna, I I think I think we all think this is a is a fake doc uh, document, although it's probably got some truth in it somewhere. We might be eating our words in a couple of weeks' time, by the way. But um, 
where like if you're not playing to talk about breath of the wild 2 which am i right in thinking it is still expected to come out this year i would assume so yeah like all the like in research for our feature coming up I, a lot of a lot of uh, outlets are saying that we are, you know we are expecting breath of the wild 2 to come out this year so yeah you know, where's the where's the trailer where's the where's the next thing showing some good stuff um they they also they talk about um echoes of the past at the bottom what is Ooh, that? Could that be the title? Because we don't have a title yet, do we? We just know it's a sequel. They've, only, they've never said Breath of the Wild 2. They've just said the sequel to Breath of the Wild is coming. So that might be the title. It might be the title. But I mean, look, let's huh, let's see. I, I am Dr. Skeptiz now at the best of times when it comes to these types of things. Um, all I know is that hype is going to be off the scale. What is it? The 11th of January when the direct is supposedly happening? Yeah. Or it is happening. So yeah, hopefully this podcast goes out before then. And uh, <laughs> uh, we can then do a run through after the Nintendo Direct. Well, actually, dude, well, we'll put it on here now. We've got the length, length of January. We've launched a Twitter account. We'll do a live tweet-a-thon during the Direct. And we'll use that to try and drum up some some following on this as well. So we'll definitely get this out the door by then as well. So follow us on Twitter at GreyFoxPlays. And we'll, be, we'll talk about them, right? Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Go. You know what is perfect? Perfect is looking forward. We look back in the last pod. Let's look forward. Mr. Producer Miles, what are you looking forward to? Not video game wise. I just want to know what's your hopes and dreams, pal? Uh, big, <laughs> big houses, big boats, fast cars. That's, and that's loose women. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to video games, Mr. Yes. Miles and Mr. Michael. Do you know what I I'm want really to talk about games I'm looking forward to? Go on in, tell us. Get in my hands and I damn new console that's what i'm looking forward to when when is the last time you bought a new console mr Moss? uh yes uh, i missed the last gen so it's been a it's been a while it's been a while because this I is did... the thing when when i as we talked about before uh, when i was growing up i've known mr moles now since we were what 17 and we're now 34 Old, year old men and uh you're always on the cutting edge of technology you're always up there enjoying your video games. So I, I, I'm almost more excited for you this next gen than I am for myself because you're going to not only going to get you're to gonna experience... You're going to crack yourself, mate. You're not only going to get to experience this this next gen, but you're going to ex- get to experience all of the gold from the last gen as well. I've got Some a lot of which were the best up. I've ever seen. Uh, I, like, I know it might sound patronizing to people that don't play games that much, but anyone who is about to check in on video games and anyone who's about to embark on the current generation or the new generation, whether you're going down series X or if you're going down PS five, both of them come with back catalogs for you to access as part of you owning the console with the PlayStation and the PS plus collection. And obviously Xbox with games pass, you are going to see the best of the last 10 years. And the best thing is if you look at, if you had to like make a list of the best games of the generation, which I'm sure we will have a feature on another point, the last, I'd say, with the exception of maybe GTA V, the last five years have probably produced 70% of the best games probably ever to an extent in terms of the quality of storytelling, the vastness of experience, and the, 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 the fidelity of them as well. Like, man, that was a really boring way of saying you are going to f*** your pants and I cannot wait to hear you come back to us and go, I uh, played Bloodborne the other night, boys. <laughs> this is it. I can't wait for you to get involved with the From Software games because that's, in my head, that's up your street. But at the same time, I could also see you going outside and kicking the cat. And you don't even own a cat, so I'm worried, man. I'm worried. <laughs> I've got a lot of catching up to, that's for sure. But no, I did dabble in the old PC gaming for a few years. He has. He, he dabbles. And he knows his onions. But the, the problem with that is you can never keep up the, the hardware. 
So it's back to consoles. But yeah, let, let's if this Switch Pro comes out this year, there may have to be a coin toss between what hap- what happens in that one. But yeah, the back catalogs, either or, there's a lot of games for me to catch up on. But yeah, let's look, look forward to this year's releases. Uh, my top one I'm looking forward to is Resident Evil Village. That's- oh, he's gone straight in with the resis. Oh, oh mate, in. I know, I know, Mikey's about to switch off and go. Oh, here they go. They're gonna, they're gonna out about Resident Evil. But uh, I, I am with you, man. Two things I'm really hopeful for with Resident Evil Eight. One is that it is playing on the feels of Resident Evil 4. We know that you can see the merchant or a similar merchant that you had from the Resident Evil 4 games. The idea of it is that it's in a village similar to Resident Evil 4 and that is these villages have been taken over by a weird parasite and all that stuff. But, and again, you missed it in the last generation and you get it as part of the PlayStation collection, Resident Evil 7 brought in this new first-person view and you're getting to play that again. But now they've got the experience of getting a game out under the new RE engine with that, and now they're going outside with it. There were some rumours that it's buggy as hell, but I think that's just natural at this point with um, beta testing and stuff like that. And that was from, I think, the Resident Evil podcast, uh, which is absolutely fantastic if you you give it a listen to if you're a Resi fan. It is awesome. Um, Did you ever play Resident Evil Biohazard 7? No, I didn't. No, I missed that one. Um, I, I watched it being played. My brother was a, <laughs> my brother was a big fan of it, so yeah, I popped in and he he was playing that every now and then. So, but yeah, it's gone back to proper horror survival. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah, that yeah. the feeling you got with the the really old school games, you know, the one, two, three, and then I think they started to lose their way. Four was kind of the cutover when it started to turn into action, and then yeah, four, five, you've got to give it its props. Six was basically an action game. Seven, yeah. they they mixed up. They tore up the the kind of rule book. They went first person. They made it dark. They made it horror. You get that. Yeah. It was a complete reboot, to be honest. Uh, it was a, a soft reboot because it carried on the continuity, but but like you say, it completely changed. I will give Res- Resident Evil Four has its own place in video game history for two reasons. One, like you say, they weren't afraid to change up the rule book, and they in, they pretty much. I know some will correct me on this, but they brought to the masses this concept of the over-the-shoulder view of your protagonist while you were playing the game. Now, that might sound, what? But yeah, actually, believe it or not, back when the GameCube, and it wasn't exclusive on the GameCube when it first came out, that wasn't a thing. Not even in like Metal Gear games. It wasn't even like it in that to that to extent anyway. So um, it, it has its place in history. I do adore it, but I am back to the original horror stuff, which I know Mike's squinting because he is not looking forward to this game. So I'm going to ask you, sir, what are you looking forward to in 2021? Um, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on the brand new PlayStation 5. I'm just looking, I'm just looking for a spare $1.8 million uh, because <laughs> there is a version that you can buy. Um, it's made by Caviar. Um, it's clad in 20 kilograms of solid gold. And the controllers, <laughs> the controllers are decked in uh, crocodile leather. So um, I'm going to be saving. That makes me want it more. I'm going to be saving up my pennies this uh, this year (laughs) for that bad boy. But no, um, whilst I'm actually talking about PlayStation Five availability, uh, I think it's literally from tomorrow. uh, We're recording this on the seventh of January, so the eighth of January. uh, There are 304 retro black editions of PlayStation Five. I've seen that. It looks gorgeous, doesn't it? There's only 304 of them. There's only three of us, to be fair. 
Yeah, but I imagine there's about 304 million scalpers that will want to get their hands on that. Um, no, yeah. go, going back to the games. Um, so I found this hard. Like, it's difficult because I don't have a PlayStation 5. I ain't in the next-gen bubble yet. Uh, or that ecosystem, as it were. I can only talk about things that I'm looking forward to once I get it. Uh, but I thought I'd start with by looking forward to something that I know is coming and I don't need a next-gen soft console to have it. Uh, I spoke about Disco Elysium the other week. Ah. That's coming to Switch in a final cut edition uh, where basically the highlight is that the entire game is fully voice acted. Now, nice. Disco Elysium is basically one of the games, one of the best games of all time. Um, it's an incredibly, incredibly well-written game. The voice acting that they had in it anyway was top-notch. The entire game is going to be voice acted. I, I encourage, I implore anyone listening to this podcast who hasn't uh, been able to play this game, when it comes out for consoles, um, get it because it comes out for Switch as well. Uh, it's truly a masterpiece. You will love it. I was only playing it about a month or so ago, and um, I I died in a hilarious way. I'm not going to spoil it, because basically it's one of those games where uh, everything was going along nicely. I was, I was being my drunken investigator, doing my thing, and I had, a, I had a conversation with someone, and it just went the wrong way, and my guy died. He fell into a pit. <laughs> And it was just like game over, bruv. And I was like, all right, fair enough. Like yes, this, this is a game where you can die at the very start of the game because you're so hung over when you try to retrieve, I believe it's your trousers from the, from the ceiling fan, <laughs> right? You can get caught in the ceiling fan and basically die because you're so pissed. Like it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, but no, other than that, look, we've got some great games coming out next year. We watched obviously the Sony uh, PlayStation, um, you know, next gen conference where they displayed all their games. Deathloop was one of the ones that I think a lot of people were looking forward to. That's coming out May 2021. Essentially, you take the role of a guy called Colt. We all know that Colt's a And cool he's name, got a right? voice like Honey from that trailer, just the way he kept describing the situation. I was like, oh, oh mate, take my money, on, man. Like, I just want it. I'll leave my country. Be my president. Exactly. Like, he's the exactly. guy. Uh, but he's basically. House films. Yeah, and the trailing, exactly, right? the old school seventies like movies. They used to do the. You know what? Training. It's like a Rodriguez movie. Yeah, like, like Quentin Tarantino esque. That yeah. sort of sort of stuff. Mm. Love it. Sorry, yeah. just Essent- I mean, essentially, you, you're this guy called Colt. Uh, you're an assassin corner time loop uh, in 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 the island of Black Reef. Um, you basically have to take out eight targets before midnight, or the day will start all over again. Right. Um, every time you every time you die or something, you retain your memories so that you can learn opposition kind of patterns and behavior so you'll obviously learn more the more you die aka dark souls that's where my love for this automatically comes in uh, or you can be another person called juliana who basically you're an agent will enter a random player's game and you'll stop them from doing what they're trying to do right so that's the two ways of playing it sounds incredibly dope um i'm just going to run through a few of these if that's okay yeah, yeah go for it man go i've got it. a bunch um ratchet and clank uh, a rift apart oh, mate, uh, this rift apart. next gen is going to shine right because of the yeah. load times and being able to switch between them you're going to see the real fidelity of this this is exactly it uh this comes out first half of 2021 uh it's made by insomniac games those guys basically make disney pixar films come to life on your console the last game was absolutely stunningly beautiful i expect this one to be exactly like that we've talked about the loading times supposedly this game takes massive advantage of the dual sense and the weird features the dual sense have with the adaptive triggers and stuff like that i'm intrigued to see what they do with that um 
Going forward, we also have, and this is a bit of a controversial one, um, I'm actually quite looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy. You're, um, you, you like the books, though, didn't you? Like you're actually, I you're, I you're a Harry Potter guy. I love the books. I did not like the films. Um, and obviously, as we go further and further away from the books being released, we discover that the author is just an absolute psychopath. So, you know, it is a little bit of a, um, a touchy subject among lots of the community. Uh, but I must say, it's an open world RPG set in the Wizarding universe. Um, it sounds basically incredible. It's set a long time before Harry Potter even existed. So I think it's in the 1800s. So that's uh, one thing to note. That sounds cool. It's an open world RPG basically in Harry Potter world. What more could you want, right? Um, the big one, God of War, Ragnarok. What, 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 what more can be said? But look, I'm, uh, I know why you, you pause for a second here because I, I am going to be controversial here, my friend. I, first of all, for, for what it's worth, hand on heart, absolutely love the remake slash soft reboot of God of War. I do not believe this game is coming out in 2021. I believe that this will be delayed. Uh, the reason why, because if we look at all the big AAA releases over the last six months, COVID has absolutely screwed them. Stakeholders have also screwed them. I'm not just talking about cyberpunk. Every big game, Last of Us Part 2, uh, you, you, you just think about all the big releases that have happened. There has been a certain degree of... Uh, pushing back in terms of that and rightfully so we want a good game right we want a good experience but when we heard about Ragnarok is it actually was it actually confirmed as God of War 2 Ragnarok because everyone just stuck Ragnarok in it I, I think it's as God of War Ragnarok no yeah, uh, I you're, that's the uh, probably, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But um, I, 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 I think it just says the end is coming. So everyone, it's Nordic, put together with, with Ragnarok and, and got it. But I think, I think you actually are right. But my point is, is that when that trailer, that teaser came out, that's all it was. It was a teaser. I think it's. I think we are a way away from this game being showable. And I think that in a world where everyone's working in an office and they can force crunch in an office, you could probably meet your deadline. And I think now, especially because of Cyberpunk. Uh, Santa Monica, Sony Santa Monica are probably going, you know what, bruv, if we ain't good enough, we should push it back. And I I think my my bet, because we have a little talk about bets for 2021, my twi- my bet is that God of War will be delayed. Um, but doesn't mean I'm not excited about it. Doesn't mean I don't think they're going to do a stellar job. But I think due to the lack of, lack of anything, which that might be their gig. That might be how they, 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 sh- they choose to, to keep their stuff in. But I, I just don't think it comes out this year. That's a bold shout, is, and I can see exactly where you're coming from. My my worry with it isn't when it comes out; it's just that it's not going to be as good as the last one. The last one had that incredible. Well, the last one had two massive things going for it. It was so different from the other ones. Yeah. So it was like, wow, what's going on? And two, it had some incredible beats in the story. Amazing story. When he gets the blades of chaos back, that was yeah. one of the finest moments of my 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 brain dribbled out of my ears, and I was wow, it was incredible. Um, I I I worry. That, I mean, but. On that same token, as long as he says "boy" a million times, <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Exactly. Go, going forward, um, cool announcement that came out today: uh, Monster Hunter Rise from the Nintendo Switch or on the Nintendo, Nintendo Switch has a demo available as of today. That comes out March 26. If you like slaying monsters, that's your jam. It's um, an incredibly hard to nail down game because it's really, I've always found them really difficult, this series. I've never really got into them very easily. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I'm intrigued to see how, how well it does. It looks quite cool from the trailers I've seen. I'm going to give the demo a go. 
we shall see. Yeah. I could I could foresee me and you teaming up on this game, Flint, on the Switch. I, I, I can see this as well. I've never been a Monster Hunter man, but I have to say, uh, one of my other side gigs is I do, I do a film podcast, and I, I feel that the Monster Hunter fans deserve an apology <laughs> for Mr. Anderson doing what he done to the Resident Evil franchise. He is now doing to your franchise, and as a survivor of the Anderson movies with Resident Evil, I can tell you it does get better. Someone else will take it and do something better with it. So, But hopefully this will make up for that and it'll be a good game. Um, but I've not got into it yet, but it's you know, the concept, kind of, on paper, it's got my heart here, right? What's that? You, yeah. you kill things and you use that to get better? to go find more things to kill and you can do that with your friends and what do you do well we're gonna go hunt you, you idiot yes take take my money now sir so yeah you talk, I'm, about I'm podcast there, game. you talk about podcast game that's you know i, I i've always loved diablo right diablo is the perfect podcast game for me destiny was an incredible podcast game for me um i think if i can get in that loop early enough i think i'll be i'll be happy um there's three more games i'm looking forward to if you'd like to hear them we've got Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So uh, what not, is this? I've seen it advertised, or I've seen people talking about it, but is this, a, is this a bundling of all the original games or just the yeah. trilogy? All right. Yeah. Uh, from, from what I understand, anyway, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if you'll have Andromeda on it. Um, I hope it doesn't. I think <laughs> but, everyone's um, kind of like treated it like that Indiana Jones movie, you know, the last yeah. one, where it's just like, no, that was a fan thing. Don't exist. Yeah, now, we've got, there's, a great, there's a great trilogy. That's all we say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, look, I found Mass Effect 1 to be really dull, Mass Effect 3 was convoluted. Mass Effect 2 was one of the finest video games of all time. Moles has got his fingers up. He's also agreeing with me. Um, Mass Effect 2 is a freaking masterpiece, man. I love that game. I love that game so much. Being able to play that with new fidelity, textures, whatever, I'm all about this because I have not played it since I played it when it first came out on the Mm. Xbox 360. And I cannot wait, dude. I cannot wait. Um, We've also got Gran Turismo 7 supposedly coming out not this my, year not my jam i know there's like a whole people out there and, and woods if you're listening man i'm stoked for you but i i cannot be excited about for me i need to wear glasses all the time so i cannot necessarily notice the nuance in graphical fidelity unless i'm watching like a digital foundry video which mikey you're, you're very good at sharing them um but for me driving games don't really get much better like they look just as good to me as they did the last generation and i know that's sacrilege to people who really love it because they'll be like oh my god look at that look at the reflections and look at the the surface and all the different configurations i'm sorry can i press triangle to get in there and then can i just can i can i do donuts in it then i'm done <laughs> so it's obviously not for me but i, well, I can I see the excitement man and i'm good for you i love to grand tourism my sport uh, me and my old housemate played that a lot just because it was one of the I've never been able to play a racing game online that was fair, where people respected each other, because it was always just let's first corner, everyone barges everyone off, right? That's the whole gimmick. Uh, any racing game online, it's all about just basically destruction, derby your way to the front, and then defend with your life. Grand Turismo Sport encouraged people to race fairly because you had two different ranks. You had your driving rank and then basically your sporting rank. And you were matched with people of the same rank, basically. So if you were a fair driver and you'd get notifications telling you how fair you're being or if you've done something bad. Um, so you were always encouraged to drive well because then you'd be matched with people that also drive well. So then you would have legitimate races. And it was a genuinely I, a really, really, really good online experience. I cannot stress that enough. Grand Turismo 7 will give you that, but it'll also give you a big slap bang career mode. And I on RPG, man, 
I don't know. I can't even drive, dude, but I've been playing Gran Turismo games since I was like 10. Like they're awesome for that grindy RPG feel. Moles, you know what I'm talking about here. The worst thing about the, the early Gran Turismo games, the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, is you get, oh, get a new game. Great. You've got to get the licenses again. That was yeah, the pain of my existence on Gran Turismo games is getting those licenses. So, yeah. I will, I will give Gran Turismo its props because, it A, it was an innovator in its time. And I think, I think although I, I appreciate all the stuff you've just said there, Mikey, in terms of the stuff it's done, it feels like it's a sleeping giant still. Because when Gran Turismo first came out, I ain't a driving guy, but I, I had Gran Turismo on my PlayStation because everyone had it. Because it was such a massive step up in what we were used to before. Not only was it in terms of fidelity and controls and customization, but also soundtrack. It actually had like a damn dope soundtrack. I remember Bartender and the Thief blaring through it while you're, you're streaming around. I'm not a massive Stereophonics fan, but that tune is a bit of a banger. And... I don't see, other than the fidelity going up, that massive jump from Twisted Metal (laughs) to Gran Turismo was huge on the PlayStation. And I never, I don't ever felt that there was a massive jump from Gran Turismo going forward, other than just it kept up to date with graphics. And Forza, I suppose, was kind of in its arms race with it. But I don't know, to me, it feels like it's a sleeping giant. Maybe this is the one to bring people like me back to it. I think the reason why you think of the sleeping giant is because their strategy over the last several years has been laughable. So this gen, they only released Gran Turismo Sport, which straight off the bat doesn't have a career mode. That's the whole point of Gran Turismo games. I ain't buying that dude. So no, so it, from the, from the start, not the most positive of press. They released Gran Turismo six. Okay. For the PlayStation three. Do you know when the PlayStation four was released? 2013. 2013, November the 15th, 2013 in the US and Canada, right? Gran Turismo 6 was released December the 6th, 2013. It was released on the PlayStation 3 after the PlayStation 4 came out. Hence why no no one played it. And so it was basically a giant sleep. It was just a sleep. I do- the last Gran Turismo game I remember buying was Gran Turismo 4 before that. I don't even remember Gran Turismo 5. It's been one of those series that since Gran Turismo 2 and 3, it's just been, where's it been, dude? No idea. With Gran Turismo 7, they've basically spent this entire gen making cars for Gran Turismo Sport, which they're now going to upgrade and stick in Gran Turismo 7. Um, for what it's worth, Gran Turismo Sport has had the best post-launch um, support of any game I've ever seen. Everything's really? free. Everything is free, and they release cars every basically every month and tracks. It's insane what they've been doing with this, all because they're prepping for GT7. This game is going to be big. This game is going to be a system seller. Is that going to be your your bet? One of your bets for 2021, Michael? I think Gran Turismo is going to be. Um, I don't know how I can bet on this, but I think it's going to be. Okay, it's going well, to make a difference to sales. All right, so you, would you say it's out of console only, because it's not fair to do it across all third parties, for console only, uh, sorry, for exclusive console titles, would it be in the top five? Yeah. Anyway, that's a bold, bold bet. While we're talking about bets, I've got three bets outside of my God of War. So make them noted here, because when we come back in, hopefully in a year's time, we still keep doing this, if you people keep liking it and subscribing, wink. Um, here, here it goes. There will be another addition to Smash Brothers, and it'll be someone who recently appeared in Fortnite. 
I think Krotos, although he might not make an appearance on his own game, I think he will make an appearance in 2021. I think he will be involved in Smash. That is, that's, that's bet number one. Bet number two, Avengers will become good. But unfortunately, the crowd would have gone and it will be Anthem. I will take that bet, my friend, because that game ain't ever becoming a thing. <laughs> and and my final final bet, I'm gonna go. I'm going straight in it, mate. I'm pulling out my big big betting for the year. Game of the year is going to be Horizon Zero Dawn, the expansion they're doing for for PS5, because the amount of uh, people that were very happy that The Last of Us Part Two was game of the year for this year, a lot of goodwill. For Mars Morales was there and this concept of taking a beloved PS4 game and doing a spin-off slash sequel where it's cross-gen which is what this one's going to be I feel that the, the the vindication for Mars Morales will also be behind the goodwill for Horizon for what it's worth I I liked Zero Dawn I didn't complete it and I played a lot of it and I think it's a beautiful stunning game but it just didn't really drive with me. But I do think, I do know for a fact that game means a lot for a lot of people around the world, not just because it's a beautiful game. There's a lot about representation in that game. There's a lot about identity in that game. And seeing that, same for Mars Morales to an extent, but um, seeing that coming through on next gen, I think is going to warm a lot of people's cockles. And especially if we don't have God of War taking up the airspace because that'll be delayed, as mentioned, I think that'll become game of the year. Bingo. Bet's down there, man. There you go. The only other thing I want to mention before we go on to the next segment, which I believe is the Wheel of Mayhem. Uh, yes, but also, I'll, I'll, before we move into the wheel, just two things I want to hear from you. One, is there anything you're worried about for 2021? And I, I'll, there's one game which I'm looking forward to, which you've not mentioned yet, which I want to see you on Mr. Moles' response to. Okay, well, yeah, good, because I was about to say this, okay? The one thing I am worried about the most is Nintendo's handling of Zelda's 35th anniversary. Um, I find it incredible that I cannot turn my Switch on and play Ocarina of Time. I find it incredible. I just genuinely find it incredible. And looking at how they treated Mario's anniversary, where they basically made uh, 64 Galaxy and Sunshine, but half-assed the crap out of all of them. Yeah, you, you, you can't just do a quick port anymore, right? You've got to up point, your game. Well, to the point, I didn't buy it, man. It was a limited edition game. I haven't bought it because I don't, I don't see the value in it. I want something else. I've played 64 enough times. I want now bells and whistles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I I really worry that they're just going to half-ass this as well, and it's not going to be what the franchise deserves. No, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, on my my thing that I'm worried about, I'm worried about Halo Infinite. Um, from that uh, <laughs> gameplay reveal we got last year, I, for, I'm a Halo guy, by the way. Everyone, Master Chief Collection is one of the greatest examples of taking a beloved franchise and keep polishing it because eventually it becomes gold. I know the original launch did not go very well, but Halo yeah, is I brought it. It was awful. But it's, it got better. It got better. Yeah. They kept sticking at it. it gets, you know, there's hopefully Avengers out there. You know, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Look at that. Look at that example. Everyone's hoping that Cyberpunk's hoping, even in that leak they're talking about now, which we, we won't talk about maybe another time, but Cyberpunk, they're hoping to become a No Man's Sky. Just everyone's saying, oh, look what happens if you keep investing. And Master Chief Collection is a, a great example of that. But I have to say, I am underwhelmed to put it slightly at halo infinites um to the point they delayed it and i really hope they've gone back to the drawing board because that point earlier about sleeping giants within franchises 
Halo 1 on the original Xbox, which I was a day one guy for. Oh, my days. It was so chalk and cheese. It was so night and day difference from what we were used to before. Yeah, yeah, I had Medal of Honor and all that sort of stuff. But Halo, it, it, it was like James Cameron made me a video game. It felt like I was in the next level, the next world. And we have not necessarily had that in most recent Halo editions. Halo 2, dual wielding. Oh, my days. I know you just stole it from GoldenEye, but everything, all the good stuff stolen. You've done it very, very well. And every time another edition of Halo come out, it lost a little bit more of its shine. And again, you know, from this gameplay reveal we saw, there was nothing in there that suggested that this is going to, I want to crap my pants at how much of the future, I'm, I'm playing the future. I don't feel like I'm playing the future. I don't feel like I'm seeing the future. So unless they can really pull out all the stops, I am worried for Halo Infinite. Just to, to wrap off uh, a game that I am looking forward to, which uh, is a great bundle of joy. And you'll think, really? And then you play it and go, yeah, you, you're totally right. Hitman 3. Now, reason why, because A, they're upgrading Hitman 1 and 2 for next gen as well. So you're getting that as the trilogy. But I don't know if you've seen it today, Mr. Michael Carlin Edwards. I think they've actually invented a reason to want to get PSVR because they have done a VR mode for Hitman. Wow. As in, and it's not like, it's not like, so VR has, has had a checkered history so far since its launch. A lot of, there's not been that many games worth going to buy a whole, basically the cost of there a new console for. There is one is Batman game. Game, they? No, there's one game that is a VR game which is worth it. It's Half-Life Alex, But unfortunately, the rig that you need to play it, only the five richest kings <laughs> in the world own, currently own that rig to be able to play it. Um, apparently it is literally what Half-Life 2 was or Half-Life was for the FPS journey, which was basically game changing. This is for the VR world, but unfortunately it's just not accessible. No one can, no one can access it. it, yeah. This yeah. is it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I from what I've read and seen, right, that does look like a game changer, but I think for Hitman 3 VR, that is actually a legitimate excuse for you to actually want to get the headset on in your living room and look like a weirdo because you can literally walk around and stab people. You can pick up any item. Everything you can do in Hitman, you can do in VR, baby. And that is a compelling reason to get PSVR. And that is a very much a game of the year contender if you put that experience together. It won't get it. We know it ain't. Horizon's going to get it. Let's just say it's going to get it. But the conversation needs to be there with Hitman and also a lot of goodwill to this companies out there because they, they recently just dropped, we're going to do a Bond game, baby, after we've done this. So everyone wants to see this because subconsciously we're all thinking, what's going to go into that Bond game? I think there's going to be some stuff that's going to be in the Bond game in here. There might even be a tuxedo. Oh, you can you, you can always wear a tuxedo. It's a spy game. Of course you can wear a tuxedo, but you're going to be thinking What about, about the car, that. man? What about the car? What cars yeah. are going to have, man? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I'm very much looking forward to that. But anyway, I think we've talked that to good measure. What are you looking forward to for 2021? Get in contact with us on Twitter at GreyFoxPlays. Anyway, Mikey was mentioning this a minute ago. Moles, do you know what time it is, baby? It's time for the wheel. The wheel, the wheel, the wheel. That is right. We have a bunch of topics to talk about in the across the spectrum of great video game loving. And until we get more people listening and setting up stuff, the wheel dictates what we're going to talk. We have had no preparation time. These questions we vetted ages ago, so we've forgotten them already. And like I say, some of this is going to be gold, some of it is going to be a bit meh. But more importantly, it's got a satisfying clacker and an amazing sound at the end. So let's get that going. Oh, the anticipation. Boys, so pick a retro console, make it mini, and give it 10 games from its back catalogue. So over the hey. years, we've had 
uh, yeah, well, as many as you can. Uh, I think 10, <laughs> 10, 10, 10 is a bit of a stretch. But um, yeah, pick a retro console, make it mini, and give it some games from its back catalogue. I've already got one in my head, so I pre- oh, no. do you want me to go first so you can you can get some thinking can time? I, can, I, can I just have a guess what Mikey's going to go for? It's probably going to be the N64. How did you know? How did I know? Hmm. I can um, probably tell you the games you're going to pick. Go on. Okay, so we'll probably have Goldeneye in there. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably have WWE No Mercy. Yeah. They'll probably have Banjo Kazooie 1 and 2. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have an N64, so I don't know the games, but. Uh, Basically, it'll be it'll be those four games: WWE versus NWO Revenge, uh, Super Mario sixty four, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and I don't think I need any more because that will keep me busy forever. There we go. Basically, we go. I win. It's gonna be a short, wow. It's gonna be a short segment. This one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Miles, I'll give you a moment to think about your one, but I'm going with my one, and it's not been done. It's going to take us back to a simpler time when you used to turn on a console. And it used to go, Sega. But obviously, you say, Flint, we've already had the Mega Drive. They've done that. You can go down to Smith's right now and buy it for nineteen ninety nine because it used to be 50 quid and no one bought it. But I'll say, I see your Mega Drive and I raise you a Dreamcast. Now, the Sega Dreamcast was an incredible machine. I loved this toy. It was beautiful. It was so far ahead of its time. It was the first online console. It was the first console to utilize screens on a controller. So the memory stick, you, I know some kids might be listening to this and going, what's a Dreamcast? And it might be an old man yelling at cloud, but I promise you this controller was beautiful. You used to have a memory card that you'd stick into the controller, but they utilized a little little LCD screen on there. I don't know it was LCD. It was just a blocky thing, little calculator. Anyway, that was on there, and it had little game buttons. So there was an additional component to a video game where you'd play a video game on your Dreamcast, and then you could take elements of it away and play with it. That sounds like the great-great-grandfather of the Switch. Um, but anyway, that aside, it was a stellar console. It had some amazing exclusives. And obviously, you know, we're not talking about stuff that's going to make you crap the bed now in terms of fidelity. You could micro this down very, very easily. Now, my... 10 games back catalogue I would give my mini Sega Dreamcast. Number one, Soul Calibur. Now, Soul Calibur was an exclusive, actually originally um, on the on the, the Dreamcast. It is actually a sequel to Soul Blade. Um, I don't know why they didn't just call it Soul Blade 2. They want to call it Soul Calibur, make a whole different thing. But the graphics at the time, absolutely amazing. Stellar stuff, beautiful. Next one, I'm going to talk about a little RPG which was absolutely the definition of gold plating and stuffing for no reason. I'm going to call it Shenmue because that's what his name was. Shenmue was absolutely amazing. It was literally this. I remember reading about it and hearing the developers and the designers talking about this game of, you're just going to live this man's life. Oh, you mean that's the game uh, Forklift Operator? Yes, 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 yes. It does have some boring elements. I I do agree with you, (laughs) but... People like Hideo Kojima would have been absolutely creaming their pants at this oh, yeah. because they'd be like, "What?" So, yes, well, he gets a job at the at the the, the park, not park, at the harbour, and he drives a forklift truck. And you legitimately for days, I think this was one of the first games, and I know people will correct me on this, but it was one of the first games going to actually have a um, a clock, like a, a a day and night clock, and you would have to to go through those. It was absolutely incredible. Probably one of the first big big games I've ever seen um, in that sort of thing. Anyway, number three. I want to go for. Sorry, just yeah. I'm interrupting on you. Did you play the latest Shenmue? 
No, because it looked terrible. <laughs> Even though I was one of the person that paid money to that Kickstarter. <laughs> So, yes, uh, just the, the history of Shenmue is there Shenmue 1, Shenmue 2, which came out on the Dreamcast, did not get very good fare. It did start life again on the Xbox. They did do a version of Shenmue 2 on the Xbox, but no one played Shenmue 1 on the Xbox, so it didn't do very well again because people were like, what's this sequel to a game we've never played for? Uh, and then eventually the creator, using pretty much the same engine, just jazzed up a little bit, managed to get his mates on... on um, on GoFundMe to oh no it's Kickstarter sorry and uh, I remember it was in 2014 I reckon I was working I know I remember where I was working I was about to give some personal information out there and people hunt me down but I remember that announcement and I I kicked some money towards that as well um, number next one the Sonic the Hedgehog they done for um, the Dreamcast absolutely stellar amazing storytelling and like seriously it is the Sonic the Hedgehog they done for the Dreamcast was was Chef's kiss, and I won't go to ten because I don't want to rabbit on. I'm sure I've got can a lot. Give, can I give you two? Yeah, go on in. Hit me with two. Uh, ready to rumble boxing. Yes, yes. That was fun. That was really fun. Yes. I never owned Dreamcast, but I played Ready to Rumble at a mate's house, and I was like, "This is amazing." The guy with the afro is incredible. Um, because I'm a massive, massive nerd, and I love pro wrestling. I downloaded a ROM. Uh, I downloaded the the emulator for Sega Dreamcast, and the ROM of Fire Pro Wrestling D with an English translation patch, baby. Mm. and that's how i used to play that game about 10 years ago on my pc and it was incredible so yeah never had a dreamcast there's there's two more i'm gonna add to this list because i'll tell you what if someone made that right now i would take my money like there's so much nostalgia and beauty and what could have been because i don't know why it failed but it failed obviously and who who would have known what have done if that console was a success because it was head and shoulders above what was out in the market at that point in my humble opinion um crazy taxi believe it or not, was actually an original game on the Dreamcast, and then it went into arcades and everything else. But uh, uh, the same reason why Tony Hawk's has a special place in your heart, not just because of the gameplay, not just because of the hours of replayability, but the music. Now, Offspring is basically, whenever you, whenever I hear, yeah, 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 doo, 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 I'm thinking Crazy Taxi, even though like they ported it on iOS devices recently. Don't go back. Don't go back to that because it's not very good. But that in a big collection, you can you can see the value in it. Um, and finally, Moles, you know, I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about a next gen release regardless of what year it is, and not mention a Resident Evil game. There was a Resident Evil exclusive, Resident Evil Code Veronica, and this was the first time they. Yeah, Mikey's shaking his head, but yes. can we call it? Is this now the Resident Evil podcast? All right, I tried to bore you guys to death with Gran Turismo talk to see if I could <laughs> cleanse Resident Evil from my soul, but it turns out we're back again. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do want to hear Mikey do his best voice impression of the Resident Evil guy when when it starts on. Because have you ever have you actually have you ever played it? No, I haven't okay. played it. Right. In your, your opinion of a sinister man, just saying the words Resident Evil, and we'll see how close you are. Resident Evil. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a version that's not too bad, but it's, it's basically like Resident Evil. Oh, I went for the dying old Mr. Burns voice. Yeah, that's good. Let's get Moles. Let's hear your one. Let's hear your one. Resident Evil. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And in the later ones, they'll be like Resident Evil 5. <laughs> anyway sorry back to co-veronica absolute classic it was the first time it was 3d backgrounds in that game uh the idea of dual wielding was there as well it introduced a first party mode as an extra as a legitimate fucking extra when you complete the game you go oh yeah by the way you can play it on first part uh, first first person now what like you're telling me that's like a feature rockstar spend millions on sticking in their games you know what i'm gonna say it now capcom walked so that rockstar could run 
<laughs> drops mic so there you go that is my uh pick a retro console and it's very depressing to think that that is a retro console now and give it a back catalog there was a game on dreamcast which you haven't mentioned called jet set radio oh my god this first shell shaded game yeah didn't mention it it was awesome it was how did that happen? talking about what how did this console fail and it's got such a strong back catalogue of originals. And it sounds it, like it was too reliant on Resident Evil in my opinion. <laughs> it was just someone at the back concert going, Resident Evil. Um yeah, that for me, like I it's joy and it's uh, it's it was the height of, of Sega's powers with their hardware, although some might say it was the generation before. But it was basically them polishing, showing off their muscles and their fidelity. They had exclusives before anyone else was doing exclusives of actually pinching off t- other people's titles. They were bringing in the, the replayability with the memory card stuff. The graphics were amazing at the time. And, yeah, make that down a little and bring back those memories. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my one. Moles, have we have we covered everything, or is there is there anything else you 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 think that we've we've missed? I think no, that's probably though those two consoles that you've mentioned are kind of the ones missing from the list, aren't they? Of mini retro consoles that haven't been released, so we've had we've had the NES, we've had the, the Mega Drive or the Genesis as it was in North America, and they had the mini PlayStation, and they're kind of the big three that get you most of the back catalogue of people's you know childhoods, people of our age, is what I'm saying. If you got the N64 and you make the Dreamcast in there, and you gave these, you know, five or six consoles to a kid nowadays, he said, "There you go. There's my gaming history. That was my gaming life." Off you go, and uh, and come back and have a conversation with me about great games. That that would be it. That would cover all the bases. You could go back further. You could go way back to a time. Yeah, who wants to? No, I think you'd start at the eight-bit generation. And go up from there so yeah to be fair you say that i'm still waiting for a dizzy egg collection i want fantasy world dizzy i want treasure island dizzy i want all of the dizzies in one collection on one place that i can play them all because those games are excellent as a child and i need them you I need them in my life again i mean i'm not being funny but you could probably find those in a web browser somewhere it's not the point man it's if not a point. single I web browser find... could probably store it all as well well, you know I, mean? I can find that. Of course, I can do that, but I want them. With the, I want them on the Switch. Damn it! Now I, I agree with you, and that's why. Do you remember when these micro consoles started becoming a thing like, a couple of years ago? I was like, oh, the ultimate Christmas gift, Moles. You're going to pull the face, but we've all got a Moles in our group. We go, what are you doing that for? You just get an emulator anyway. Yeah, that's not the point. It's the Raspberry Pi, mate. What you want? Why the, are you wasting the money? Box and the controller and the feels, and that's that's the, that's what you're buying. I want my. I want to go back to a simpler time. I want the history. I want to play a game where I'm basically playing Soul Calibur, and I change my age so the boobs are bigger you know that's the sort of stuff i want <laughs> i want to play sonic the hedgehog 3 with the original michael jackson soundtrack that's what i want i want the ice cap zone to have the actual ice cap zone music damn it oh my god what what a time to be alive but more importantly what a time to be looking forward as well so that is it for this pod thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed what you've been listening to click on that like follow subscribe button that means you'll get more content from us and we'll be releasing every fortnight and um, also i'd like to thank my boys i want to first of all thank my co-host mr michael carden edwards aka michaelness how can people find you uh, they can find me on twitter at magnificent duke or just tweet the official gray fox plays games twitter account at Grey Fox Plays, because unfortunately, Grey Fox Plays games is just too damn long. We're just thinking about scalability. Next, it'll be, you know, if this podcast is as successful as our other projects, it'll be like, next will be Grey Fox Sne- uh, Skis. 
It'll be about us talking about skiing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really shouldn't riff on the spot. Anyway, producer Miles is shaking his head, which means we probably should say goodbye to producer Miles as well. How can people find you? I'll be down in the engine room, friends. Chugging <laughs> away. <laughs> and I have been Adam Flint. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Flint. But as Mr. Michaelness has said, more importantly, follow us on Twitter because we're starting to get it up and running. We'll also be posting this on various forums and stuff like that. So give us feedback. Obviously, be nice. And more importantly, wear a mask, keep safe, and be nice to each other. Till next time. <laughs>